five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Amazon's drone project is experiencing turbulence. In 2015, Amazon launched a PR campaign with that video, the cool video. It offered tours of its secret drone lab and promised delivery drones just months away. But in a new report, 100 plus Amazonians have lost their jobs and anonymous Amazonians described the program as collapsing inward, dysfunctional, organized chaos, and detached from reality. Doesn't sound so good. Okay, the root of the problem, they say, is management. Uh, the, the leaders appointed to the project were logistics and warehouse uh, operations folks, not experts in scalable machine learning drone delivery networks. Not sure why you need machine learning on drone delivery. I think you need somebody watching where it's going. But anyway, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ways to fly a drone. A UK team member said the unit reported to a US-based Amazon exec who would occasionally visit, buy them pizza, and then ask them to double their output at work. The whole situation sounds rough, but at least they got pizza. That's the hustle's take on it. Very excellent take. You know, when you're trying to fly a drone, the, the problem is the maps are only so much good. You know, the picture that was taken in 2015 where there was just a little what looked like a shrubbery, it's now a maple tree that's up about 20 feet and spread out. So you try to land where you thought on the patio where you thought you could, and now it's well-shaded and well-protected and hard to land that drone. And that's the kind of stuff you run into. It's just hard to, it's hard to have a 3D map that's perfect, you know, of the surrounding area. And so... Some of the robot projects, they're actually, they have a team of humans, and when the robot gets stuck, it just hovers. I mean, it just stops there. You know, like, let's say it's trying to go down a street, and the street's under construction. That happened to me yesterday, uh, going to a meeting. I had a meeting, yeah, in the real world. And uh, the police had blocked the, the, the road off, and uh, just looked like it just had happened. And so I took, a, you know, routed myself around it, but the, but the uh, GPS wasn't tracking with it. Okay, well, that would be a good case where the robot would stop, say, what should I do? Say, get off this road, go around, and um, assess the situation with a human. But whatever they're doing, this is a case, one of the cases of, one of the maybe rare cases of Amazon not delivering here, over-promising and under-delivering. We're going to come around to that in a second. Okay, so Facebook, oh, this is funny. Facebook shut down <laughs> New York University grad students, I think, started trying to figure out why one party would use Facebook and the other party not. Never mind what Facebook does to one party and the other party not or whatever, but they were just trying to do academic research. And Facebook, and they employed, they, they talked to Mozilla uh, you know, the nonprofit who makes the Firefox browser. And Mozilla said, wow, why don't you use this, uh, this, this app that, you know, can suck, suck information from the browser into a data set. And uh, so, so Facebook said that they had promised the FTC that they were going to protect privacy and that this data sucker 
Mozilla contraption violated the privacy of Facebook users. But Mozilla and the Facebook people said they don't know what that... Oh, somebody's calling me. Nobody should call me at this time of day, and I can't even get at the phone. I love the way phones work now. You can't even... There was no answer button. I need a big red hang-up button and a green answer button. If anybody's a phone manufacturer out there, that's what I want. I want an LED that shows that it's charging because you can't tell when the screen's off, and the screen is the best way to, to charge fast. Turn it off. Then you can't see anything. You can't see as it's charging. You could actually dedicate some LEDs up in the corner. You don't even have to put a spare light on it. And just say, when it's charging, we're going to light those in the corner, even if you basically turn the rest of the screen off. The screen will turn all of them off except one little corner, and it'll be red when it's charging and blue when it's finished. That's all you need. Okay, that's one thing. And I think I would like an answer and a hang-up button, like my headset has, like any $2 headset has, a little button. Okay, never mind. I digress. Okay, so the Facebook said that they promised the FTC. The FTC said, no, you, you don't. You could have said, well, this is for good faith research in the public interest and they're not taking any privacy data. Anyway, so once again, Facebook's in trouble. Here's Mozilla said it doesn't collect any personal data or posts or any information about you or your friends. It doesn't compile a user profile. It just compiles who's running ads. There's a there's a thing on Facebook that can say, why did you why did I see this ad? And it, it tries to sort of tell you. And that's what it was really gathering. So anyway, they're in, they're in trouble again. <laughs> now, here's an interesting article from Adweek, Marcus Collins. And it's interesting not so much because of what it says, but what it doesn't say. But he basically says, everybody, we're collecting all this data. Okay, that's the first point. Okay, true. Yeah, pretty much, I guess. You know, it's funny because all the e-commerce companies that I've worked with, Never let me have the data, all this data that they supposedly have. They never let me have the, the, the browser data, the tracking data, where you've been besides, besides our website. They never even basically gave me any records of who had visited the website. They supposedly have it all. They didn't even give me any data on who opened emails that they sent, that they were deluging their customers with emails. They kept all that separate. I got the transaction data, which is probably more important. But I didn't get all the other stuff, and it could have come in handy. You know, we we did uh, we we went head to head against two of the biggest modeling companies in existence today, and we didn't win, which was the first time in our company history that we didn't win. And it was, I believe, largely because they had extrinsic data about who was buying from buying directly from other companies, and I was promised that, but never given it. I think that would have made a big difference. I told him it would. I told him that's something we really, really wanted. After two years of asking, we never got it. So even though you have a lot of data, it doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're giving it to the right people. <laughs> and probably, you know, it's, it's hiding somewhere else. It's probably they're collecting it. An outside firm is collecting it with their cookie and not sharing it even with you. But anyway, supposedly there's more and more and more data that probably isn't being used, right? But our ability to extract insight from that data has only marginally increased. Why do you think that is? I think it's probably because you're not giving it to the people who know what to do with it. <laughs> this guy says, Marcus says, we mistake information for intimacy. I might disagree, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so 
Um, you know, he says information, I would say this is more like data, consists of factual representations of events that marketers use to better understand consumers. It, it requires context and lots of stuff to make data into information. Um, but he says, when you, when you, when you, when Apple opts everybody out of its data tracking option, you start to see that it was at least perceived as helpful. You know, Facebook is losing big on that deal because they were one, the ones who, who did make use of it. Okay, the, oh, the, uh, the uh, dot-coms may not have, but Facebook did. Okay, despite having all this information, marketers still struggle to and understand their consumers. How can that be? You know, I've, I've, I've said this over and over, but, you know, you don't even understand yourself. Know thyself, the famous philosopher said. <laughs> to thine own self be true, the famous bard said. <laughs> and you know what? You're not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the things you want to do, you don't do. You say, I need to get lose weight. I need to exercise. I need to watch what I eat. You know, whatever it is. I need not to speed. I shouldn't drink so much. Whatever it is. I need to get to bed earlier. All those things. You, you give yourself these instructions. Do you follow them? No. <laughs> you do the opposite. That's human nature. That's what it means to be human. <laughs> so if you don't understand you and what makes you tick, what makes marketers think they're going to understand you? I just don't get it. I don't get how we could be fed this baloney for year after year after year after year. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about how 71% of new marketing graduates think they weren't given significantly valuable training or they were something was left out that they needed to know. Well, that's true. <laughs> Basically, we operate in a world where we don't have what we need to know. Because no one has it, and it may not be gettable. So search, purchase history, traffic, site traffic are not who people are. Yeah, but what is, they're merely what people do. To understand, <laughs> I can't even read this stuff. To understand who people are, you have to get much closer. You have to get intimate. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of definitions of what that might mean. And I'm, you know, and, and some argue, I saw... A new thing now that on TikTok that there, I yes, I have downloaded TikTok. I try not to watch it at all, but I do have it. And uh, you know now, now actually, especially young women are doing TikToks about how they don't want to be intimate with just anybody for just one night. They actually want to have relationships that are meaningful. So there's an argument now. So now, and now it's almost being presented as like a kinky thing to want to have long-term relationships. So traditional values have been kinkified, if that's a word, which it isn't. I just made it up. Traditional values are getting kinkified so that they are more acceptable to the kooky world we live in. Okay, so what does that mean? I don't know. You know, I get so tired of this because what customers want, Think about yourself as a customer. What do you want? You know, if Amazon promises to have drones, then dang it, let's get some drones. They must work somewhere. You know, they would work out in my yard. I got not too much. Well, I got a lot of trees. But you could come in from above and land it on my porch, maybe, because I cut out a big one. But it might look like it's still there. 
Landed in my driveway. You know, there's plenty of room on my driveway. That's probably the only legit landing spot that you could almost always aim for is right outside the garage. Uh, so if you're going to promise drones, do drones. That's what that's what the style consultant says. The drones are coming. Yeah, okay. That's what they've been saying for years. You know, when I was a kid, we were all looking forward to, to uh, flying cars. <laughs> I'm still looking for flying cars. You know, uh, I, I actually follow a flying car company that seems to have it down, but there's so many laws. I mean, they should go to they should just go to Venezuela to build a flying car because they probably wouldn't care what kind of safety violations you had to begin with, and you could prove that it worked and fly it around a little bit and show people. That would make more sense than trying to develop it with the FAA. Um, this is not this is not financial advice. Okay, so then he has a great point that David Chappelle is a better market researcher than most, and most comedians are because they observe human behavior and find interesting ways to communicate it. But what's funny is the once the comedian on, hits the stage and says, "Have you noticed that when you go to the mall, you do X, Y, and Z?" and we fall over laughing, thinking, "I totally do that." And you know what this line proves? That you didn't realize you were doing it. You didn't realize everybody was doing it. And you didn't realize how counterintuitive and odd it was to do it. It's because you don't know yourself. The comedian points out the humor in human behavior. That we, because we don't notice it. It's, we're in it. We're in the soup. So we don't notice the soup. So why do we think, why do we think that we know ourselves, and why do we think we can discern others by getting super intimate with them? That's not what marketing is anyway. Marketing is not, I mean, he's got hes got a dating theory. He says the person might look like the perfect catch, and if you're on dating apps looking for a catch, <laughs> good luck. You deserve whatever catches you. <laughs> but anyway, that seems like the wrong way to start a relationship to me. I only just had my 49, my 39th anniversary last weekend, so I don't know much about relationships, but I'm in one that's long term, and I'm in love, madly in love. So you might want to ask, you know, like Aristotle in the Nicomachean Ethics basically boils down. It means about this thick, but it boils down to if you want to know what good is, ask a good man, and it doesn't mean man; it means just a good person. It could be a good woman. Man. It's not. It's not racist. It's not. It's not gender specific. But anyway, that's what he said. He said, go find a good man and ask him what, what good is. So I would say the same thing applies in marketing. We're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to establish the good. And we're not really trying to find the best customers and find more, more people like our best customers. That is an unknown. Get my book. Where's my book? I always have them around here. And get my book. And it explains in here that what we're doing in modeling and AI and machine learning is not trying to find more like your good customers. That's a lie. It's a big lie. And it's, it sounds good. But it's not true. What we try to do is figure out who isn't likely to buy. And that's a much bigger universe. It's got much more data for it. The non-buyers, the people who aren't interested. That's what you want. And the funny part is, is like ESPN still doesn't tell, you know, give me the sports I never want to see. Let me rule some out. Let me unclutter my life. Do they do that? No. 
They try to guess what I'm looking for because I looked at, you know, because I watched the NBA Finals, because my city team won it, does not make me an NBA fan. <laughs> most of the games between most of the teams, they lope around like they don't really care and are just collecting a paycheck. The playoffs are different. Okay, I like college basketball. Anyway, so go on. Now, this is where I like the article. This is where it gets good. We need a better repertoire of theory. What is theory? And this is really important to marketers. I don't think most marketers get this. When I started in direct mail, I, I got to know a list broker, Fred Heisel. And Fred gave me, I said, I, I want to I reach businesses that are going to use imprinted merchandise. And Fred gave me six data cards, which you know were lists that might work. Myron Manufacturing was on there and a couple others. And he said, I think these will work. Let me know how they work. And I said, well, can I get a mailing, a sample mailer or something like that? He said, no, don't worry about all that stuff. Just tell me what worked and I'll find more like them. Sound familiar? Well, I got a different list broker and uh, Jerry Craft. And I said, Jerry, I, wanna, I want an idea of all the lists that could work. I don't want to know which ones will work. And I want to try to categorize them into, into groups. And I want to try a few lists in each group. And the bigger the, the list, I mean, the bigger the group in terms of total names, the more I want to test that group. So I want to test a broad range so that I have a good sample set of the entire market. And so I can scale faster. And he said, that's, really, that's a really smart idea. And what I was trying to do was I was trying to do experiments and form hypotheses, get some observation, form hypotheses that I could then test on rollout so that I could scale faster. And what I was looking for is a theory of what kind of customers not to mail, what kind of companies not to mail. And that's what theory is. We use the word theory not what theory does is it allows you to extrapolate to scale to move to the future and that's a big component of marketing marketing is predicting the future and that's why our data is always so complicated because we don't have data for the future all our data is historical no real-time data only historical data it's all in the past and tomorrow may be like yesterday except if it isn't and that's the puzzle and you'll never solve that one it's impossible to solve so marketing is hard, and you need theory to at least guide you into the future. Anyway, there's, there's uh, you know, this is a so, sort of a so-so article. I wish you would have been more focused, and you probably wish I would have been more focused. But the entire article is available at WDMA.org in just a few minutes. I'll post it up there, and you can read it. You just have to subscribe, which is free. And we are getting some subscribers, so you'll join in the group and that will also keep you informed when we have our next meetup, which I think is going to be on the 31st of August in celebration of three years of me talking to the camera in a dark room and laughing at my own jokes. So like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. <laughs>